Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited to have you joining this week. This is the podcast episode that everyone has been waiting for. I think I've been hyping up this episode for probably months at this point, where I have wanted to dive into microdosing, what exactly it is, how to do it, what I do, how to find it, the different types you can do. Like, There's just so many questions. And every single time that I post on Instagram or TikTok about microdosing, my account blows up. Like there are so many messages, so many questions. And it's really interesting to kind of just be in this space now and moving deeper into it because I think so many people are really turning to plant medicine for healing different, you know, issues or things that they're going through. So today, this is the first of many episodes that I am going to do on plant medicine. And of course, we have Jason, who is speaking on behalf of Microcybin, which is the company that I work for or work for, work with for all of my microdosing needs. So Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. That's the first time I've I've done a podcast like this. So it's uh, happy to be here. Yay! Yeah, we are so excited. Yeah, so I'd like to I'd like to just say one of the typical disclaimers because this market, you know, is new. So I have nothing to do with the production or sales of the medicines, but I am a senior advisor and I help develop protocols. I've got about ten years experience with brain mapping, medicines, all sorts of things, and I've been working with the Microsoft team for some time now. So I can provide a lot of data. A lot of feedback, a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience to help people through their journey and answer some questions. Awesome. I, I love that. And yeah, it's just great to have you come on because obviously I know quite a bit and there's a lot of information on the website, but I think you just bring so much expertise that a lot of people are looking for. So let's just dive right in. First and foremost, what the heck is microdosing? How do you define it? What is microdosing? So first of all, there's there's quite a bit of marketing and there's quite a bit of information out there that, that seems like quite a bit of noise. What microdosing is not, I can start with that, is not an escape. It's not a happy pill. It's not a magic pill. It solves the problems. It's, it's a tool. It's a tool that allows you to, your brain to communicate better. It calms the noise in the brain, the default mode network, the amygdala, sometimes things that grow a little bit in size when you're going through certain types of anxiety, depression, things like this. But it's basically, it's it's an organic, intelligent medicine that's been around for quite a long time. And what it does is it improves communication and and improves feedback and allows us to work our way back to balance and normality. A lot of people think microdosing will heal them, increase their intelligence and do things like this. But we usually start off as children with a lot of the abilities that microdosing would give us today. But we go through we go through a system that is constantly trying to capture our attention, gives us dopamine hits, gives us different types of fears, different directions to capture our attention, to fund something, to make money in some way, to to get a rise out of us. Um, I mean our attention span from when I was a child until now is, is only a few seconds. You know, social media has quite a bit of algorithms and technologies and AI that can, that can show you different things that actually program the nervous system to react in different ways based on algorithms. You know, so it can show you things that give you a little bit of dopamine hits and it'll show you things that give you little bits of fear. We don't realize how much time we spend on these things. 
This causes a lot of noise. It allows narratives and stories to be put in, belief systems, into our system. And the brain, we, we don't quite have the tools to deal with these things at this point. It's something that's never been done, the information age. So when we microdose, microdosing allows the communication between the left and right hemisphere of the brain. It downregulates the default mode network which causes repetitive thinking. Sometimes when we're going through depression or anxiety, the amygdala grows in size and hijacks the prefrontal cortex when we have rational thinking. We aren't able to process certain events and certain belief systems and certain stories we tell ourselves. So too much noise in the brain. When this noise is calmed down, we have the ability to have the extra attention and awareness to assess the feedback with the rational mind. As we assess the feedback with the rational mind, we can adjust how we interact with different events and what stories we tell ourselves. Yeah, I I love that explanation, and I think for for you know very you know specific terms like microdosing, the way that I see it is like taking some sort of substance, plant medicine, and just using it in a very small amount you know, frequently in your life in order to reap benefits from it. And whether that's LSD or psilocybin, that's kind of how I define it. And I, I'm not sure the specifics on the amount that, and I've been asked this and I was going to ask you is like for each. So let's talk like psilocybin and LSD, like what is a microdose versus a macro dose? And like, you're, you're taking way more than what is recommended. Good question. So these, when we go to psilocybin, psilocybin is an adaptogenic compound. An adaptogenic is defined in different ways, but it, what it really means is it goes in and finds the imbalances within the system, and then it, it looks to adapt to it, to the balance. So when dosing with the psilocybin, everyone's different. Everyone has a different physiology. It's not so much more. We're conditioned to take more. We need more and more and more and more. Pharmaceutical companies take 500 milligrams of this, 600 milligrams of this, does this and that. So we're conditioned to, to work with pretty much a lot of things in that way because we don't know any other way. The way we teach it is we teach it by building a bridge. So we suggest taking 100 to 125 milligrams. We found with the certain types of strains and, and growing and all of this, this is a good good point to start. Sometimes the psilocybin, it's, it's always working. Whether you feel it or not, subconsciously, it's a new substance and intelligence in the system and it's working. It's because we have blind spots. We don't see it because we're expecting it to feel or be a certain way based on somebody else's testimonial. So building a bridge, is, there's a lot in there with set and setting. We use creating a container and building a bridge. This is why we, we, we suggest when you take this psilocybin, you take it on an empty stomach. reason for this is because every time you add a different substance, every time you add something, food or anything, it creates a chemical reaction, a hormonal reaction. It's very difficult to pinpoint what the state changes or what the changes from the psilocybin alone. So for the first week, we suggest you, you take this dosage and for the first... 20 to 40 minutes, you, you stay fasted and you notice for what, when the state changes. People that have never microdosed before, they can conceptualize things based on what they only know already. We're microdosing and we're working with these type of medicines. It's like imagining a color you've never seen. So when a state change happens, it's a new experience. It's a new type of feedback. We want to look for that. We want to focus on that. And when the state changes, put our attention on that state change. 
maybe just a few minutes. What we're doing is we're adding a subconscious attention to attach a bridge to the medicine. For the first week, we start to we start to play with this five days on, two days off to reset the receptors. The next week, we assess based on the first week if that dosing worked. We can add a separate second capsule. We can double the dose the next week, and we can continue to work with that. What we're doing is creating a pattern with the adaptogenic medicine to, to understand with our consciousness that there's a state change happening. Once you build the bridge with this, the medicine works as a tool. You meet it halfway, and you don't expect it to do the work for you. We're not looking, we're not looking to take a pill to escape, to feel good, to feel happy. Life is about contrast. Being able to understand and flow and cultivate the skill to work through the contrast of life is what we aim for. We, we treat the medicines as a tool, not as a crutch. So the, the amount with psilocybin, it, it depends on the physiology of the person and their ability to connect with the medicine and be patient. Because if you work this way, the first week or two, you're going to have the skills to work with the medicine for the next few months extremely well than just trying to make it to feel better. You know, know what the feedback is. These are very advanced, very amazing tools that we can use. But we can get stuck in like healing cycles. We can get stuck in, in treating them like crutches. And so we see this a lot. It's very common. So it's about a reframe and building up with with the LSD, the LSD is not, not the same. The LSD, I would say, when you take the LSD, it works by increasing the communication and the feedback. We have the nervous system, we have the fascial system, we have the lymphatic system, we have the brain, we have all of these different types of systems that work independently but work together. And when each one of them gives a certain type of feedback to the central body, we don't notice a lot of the feedbacks because we trust the body to do what it does. But with the LSD, we improve the communication to all systems, not just the brain. We're always focusing on the brain. So we have more feedback throughout the body. The feedback is based so based on the dosing. We, what's recommended on the dosing is to start very low. You want to start the LSD subperceptual. You want to work in the background. You want to be patient with it. Because I guess so the people that design the medicines designed it so that you can't really make a mistake with it. You know, if you take too much, the worst that's going to happen is your thoughts may come in a little bit faster, but that's a lesson in itself. So you start small dose, you assess the feedback, you wait a few days, the, the LSD down steps, it works within the system. So it starts to metabolize, but it's still, the metabolites are still there and it's still working to communicate. And the third day you take it again and you assess it. And it's quite easy. It's, I, I know you've tried it and we've all tried it. It, it's not difficult. It's been designed, so it's really difficult to, to mess up. The, the structured silver is added, not only as a preservative, but silver is the most conductive metal on Earth. And with the water molecules, through our research, it provides more, more of a conduction for the, for the energetics of the medicine. The, the most important point, I think, with, with dosing is, is building that bridge with the medicine slowly at first, making sure that you understand the feedback, and then understanding that over a protocol, over a period of time, between one, two, three, six months, up to 12 months, you're changing the environment of the brain. And you're interacting with the brain with more attention and more awareness and more feedback. The brain is plastic. Over time, the brain starts to build new neurons and new abilities and new openings. So you don't have to take the medicine after that. You can do a protocol and quit forever. You know, it's permanent changes. Like, personally, I, I have not microdosed. Five months, six months, you know, I don't need it. 
You know, I, the first time I, I did it, I did it for 12, 12 months, five days on, two days off with, with the Earth Pro version, religiously, you know, and I changed my brain permanently, you know, faster, I adapt faster, I understand things faster, my systems work better, feedback from my nervous system, the pain feedback is amazing because I don't look at pain just as pain. Each pain is like a different type of melody, it's a different type of signature. And if you understand the fascial system and the nervous system, there's, there's a big connected network and you can really trace back a lot of the pain will actually have information and data in it. And when you start to open up, you can process this data and it helps you understand like what the injury is and what the pain is coming for and trace it back. We become more, more of a participant in the human experience. Yeah, I, I really like that. I like the lack of dependency on it, I think is something that's really important to note. And for myself, like I, I have used like various products that Microsyphon has and I don't, I haven't followed a very specific protocol yet. And that doesn't mean I'm not open to do it, but I've always just kind of gone with how am I feeling today? Do I feel like this is something that I'm needing, gravitating towards? And even with like such a, let's say like casual approach to it and like softer approach to it, the benefits that I've seen in my own life have been outstanding. And something that I didn't expect was when you're microdosing like LSD or psilocybin, of course you feel a bit different, you know, while you're on it and, you know, maybe you're more focused or maybe you're more creative or whatever the thing is, but it's really actually changed my perspective on very deep things when I haven't been on it. And like, that's what I didn't expect. Like I didn't expect it to have like a profound effect on my life outside of just the hours that I was using it. Stopping is you're, you're building, I guess you're building conscious and energetic structures to hold more data. Now, more information as, as, as many people believe is it's not linear, like linear thinking, like we're taught in school, we're very primitive. We learn something and we, we regurgitate it. And some people get really good at that. You know, and then we, we can't verify that. With, with these medicines, we start to open up, like, like I said, like a magic color you've never seen. We, we open up different type of sense, sense perception. And these are sense perceptions that we're taught to ignore. And they hold a certain amount of data. Then we've heard of a, a superconscious or a subconscious mind. Well, there's a superconscious mind. And the superconscious mind is able to take a lot of this new sensory input and data and create kind of macro picture of living events. And as we walk through life, we have different signals of where we put our attention and it kind of adds up into a greater puzzle. And the puzzle intuitively is shown to you. That's why we'll, we'll have um, a pivot, right? Because our, our, our superconscious mind will, will put together data because we want to look for it. Because we, we, put our, we might have a question about something and we put our attention there, but then we've thrown it back and trusted that, that, that data will arise when it's supposed to. The answer will arise when it's supposed to. And this is a practice. It's, it's kind of unlearning how to, how to force ourselves to learn linearly and start to open up to more of our senses and trusting that, that the unpredictable nature of reality will unfold for us. This is, this is a big thing that we teach in some, some of our guiding one-on-one is that a lot of people will have events show up in their life or, or problems or have to make decisions. You know, we like imagine changing the word decision to choice. You know, when we say decision, it's like, yeah, it's like 
decide suicide, genocide. It's like cutting something off. And it carries an energetic behind it. So there's there's symbolism, which works with things. And words have symbolism. When we say words, there's a ma- there's the greater view, there's a macro view of, of what, what energy that's that holds and what ideas it holds. And then we have an individual. So we'll the word love, fear, hate, trust, things like this. We have an idea that's put in our in our brains from culture and society and growing up. And then we have an individual experience with that word based on the events in our life. And we have events unfold in our life or, or we, we don't want them to happen again. And we, we get in our own way. We try to use the rational mind before the events happened and we try to stop it. But we're only operating on what we already know. And we need to take action first. We need to step into a direction and take a choice first. We get new feedback from, from the world. Uh, this feedback, the outer feedback comes and we have more data to make a new choice. And by training ourselves to do this while we're working with the medicine, it kind of opens this, this higher sensory. It's really a beautiful tool because the lessons come to us. You know, we, we don't need to go and meditate. We don't need to go and practice anything. We just become more aware and more or we're noticing uh, how we process things, how we work with them, how we, how we interact with life. How can you tell if your healthy and not so healthy decisions are impacting your health on a cellular level or even impacting your biological age? Feeling better is one thing and having symptoms get better is one thing, but there's something completely different about having the data and the numbers behind it. This can be very helpful for both your short-term and your long-term goals. We need to be testing ourselves regularly so we know where we stand, whether it's testing our vitamin levels, cholesterol, blood sugar, whatever it is, the proof is in the data. It can be such a pain to get tested through our doctors and our clinics. And when we do these tests, often they don't even give us all the biomarkers that we ask for. That's why I love at-home tests. I find it super interesting to get my biological age test specifically because it indicates how all of my decisions are impacting me. Your biological age is a representation of your health conditions and a predictor of how soon you can exhibit chronic conditions of late life. This is obviously compared to our chronological age, which is just the amount of time that has passed since we were born. When I first got tested last year, my results said I was 19.7 years old. And the second time I was tested, it said I was 18 years old and I was 27 at the time. I recently got my biological age tested again through Inside Tracker's inner age test. And this time it said I was 22 years old and I'm now 28. My age actually went up. <laughs> and this is likely because my HbA1c levels were higher after spending 10 days in Costa Rica recently where I had a ton of cocktails and fruit and carbs and also just eating more carbs and processed food in the last few months. The great thing about Inside Tracker's inner age test is that it actually shows you which specific biomarkers are making you older or making you younger. And it identified that my HbA1c needs to come down because it's actually making me older on a cellular level, which is so helpful to know and know what I need to be doing next. Knowing your age can help you make these changes and help you just really make smarter decisions and be more informed moving forward. I always get tested through Inside Tracker, and you can as well, and use my discount code at checkout, which is BiohackingBrittany in all capitals. It's linked on my website underneath my shop, and it'll be on my show notes as well.
Yeah, I I agree with everything that you said. Like, I think, yeah, kind of like what I was saying. It's just, it's interesting when you can start seeing how your subconscious is impacting you every day and how you can actually make different choices and choose otherwise. And like that, like to someone who hasn't microdosed or done anything, like even this discussion might just sound so woo woo. And like, what does this even mean? Like tangible, but like, let me tell you firsthand, like I have been there, but when you start doing things like this, like you actually, I I can't even explain it. Like you just start, you have a different perspective on of yourself, your life and your history. And then you're like, okay, I can actually make different choices that I didn't really know were available to me. And like, yeah, this is not the time or space for me to like get into what I'm like healing or working on through this, but it's been pretty profound. And I've also been going to therapy as well. And so there's something about like the combo of those two things like these plant medicines and, th- and therapy, that's just really, really beautiful, I think. Yeah, therapies, it's good to get the outer feedback. As long as we don't, we don't use therapy as a crutch eventually, you know, we have kind of a protocol. So I'm going to microdose for, you know, a few months. I'm going to learn the skills because we get into a point like uh, when we're children, we, we act different ways, you know, like when we want something, we cry, we act a certain way, when we play with our friends, it's something different. Even like today, like when we, when we see our mother, we act different than when we see our friends, that when we want something or a business. And these are all identities that we create. We create them and we cultivate them with our belief systems. And what we don't want to do is we don't want to get into a point of managing ourselves. You know, so what, what a lot of people feel that it's healing and it's, it's stuck, it's looping, is you get to a point where you start to manage your identities instead of instead of actually like trying to take them apart and see if they're holding you back. Do, do, does this identity serve me? Is there a belief system that's causing me to ignore data? Because when somebody believes something, like it's this, if, if, you, if you have somebody come on and do a testimonial before they try these medicines and you know, you have them come on a month later, they won't recognize themselves. You know, these, these little tiny changes of attention that you're speaking about are huge down the road. They, they, they completely change the direction and, and how you interact with life. And I mean, like, the value of doing that, from being brave and working with medicines and being able to look at yourself, uh, it, it's huge. It's like it, it, once you've seen something, you can't unsee it. You know, once you've seen the truth, you can't unsee it. You know, and it's like, it, how do we process that? How do we reframe that? You know, and, and the medicines are a great way to, to use this as a tool. I love that. I so agree with that. Like once you see things differently, you can't unsee it. Oh, I feel that so much. So if people are listening and and they're kind of like understanding a bit more now, other than like these benefits of, you know, change in perspective, let's just call it, what are the typical benefits that you hear from people who use plant medicine? Pretty much what we've been saying. I mean, there's all sorts of ranges of people. You have somebody coming in trying to heal their traumas. Now, they may take the medicine, but after they've actually talked to, to one of the guides and you reframe something, it completely changed because we don't, we don't look at traumas as traumas. We don't call them traumas. We call them, we call them fulfillment templates. We call them opportunities because they present a type of resistance that allows us to face events that come into our life that we can step back and understand our belief systems about them 
and we can change the way that these events unfold and tangibly embody the lesson that we desire. Sometimes in a relationship, we desire to learn worthiness or love, and we keep creating these events to, to come into our life through our traumas, through our template, which we, we project our perception out of. And they keep coming into our life, and sometimes we get in our way, they're like, oh, I'm never dating that person again, or I'm never doing that business deal again. And we, we don't understand this if we step back and we have a higher layer of awareness. We can actually go into the event and allow the event to unfold like a ball of yarn to understand how we can tangibly embody that lesson. Because that's what we truly desire. So we work with people on these levels. And once we teach them to work with these tools, they're able to do this on multiple levels, like multiple different lessons that come in. It's like the gym coming to you. We work with a lot of pro athletes. So we work with people that have a lot of discipline and they're at the top of their game. And when they start to take the medicines, they're able to they're able to reach a different level of understanding that they didn't have before. So we have a, we have a, an athlete that works with us for a long time named Sean Pierce. And I mean, this guy does a thousand repetitions per, per move for his kettlebell um, and mace. And the, the type of conversations that I have with him from a year ago until now, he's, he's completely like upgraded and changed and the ability to go into the depths of his work and write about it and, and understand it. and Really, like he he's used the medicines for you know for a year or so, and he doesn't use them as much anymore. If he's cultivated this, but he knows that they're always there. If he wants to do a certain protocol, a certain challenge to to give him that extra layer of awareness, um, we work with we we actually work with a lot of high level entrepreneurs and marketers. We work with entire offices, teams of people, creative directors that actually have microdosing for for their entire team to improve their their bottom line, their work, their creativity. The we have a lot of high level one percenters that work with us. That they they're very attentive to the protocols, and they they do the protocols to to advance their intelligence, to advance the feedback, to be able to adapt to market changes, see opportunities, things like this. Usually, we work they work on a six month protocol. We change the, the neuro. We one of our one of the products that they make is the neurogenesis product. When you take a certain type of psilocybin, and so the way we see it is is a lot different than other people. We we look at the psilocybin as as kind of a artificial intelligence type organic an organic AI. It's a, with the system you build a bridge and it works through the system to enhance the way that information is taken, memory is used, the neurons start firing better, more communication, more learning, and then you add a you add a, a data pack or a lion's mane, which induces neurogenesis. So when you actually add that information, it works synergistically to promote a direction of neurogenesis within the system. So we take, we, we, we take the medicine five days on, two days off, the brain changes. As we interact with the brain differently, the neurons start to grow into these new patterns. These patterns become permanent. So we're actually advancing the brain, the intelligence, the feedback loops, and all sorts of things during this time. When we step away, it becomes permanent. So a lot of people are interested in that. It's not just all about anxiety and depression. It seems like a lot of big companies are, are trying to capture, hey, you have anxiety and depression, I'll give you a magic pill and it'll fix you. But we really try to get away from that because the word anxiety and depression can mean a, a million different things. You know, depression, you're you're, you know, you're, you're looping, you're regretting anything about something that you can't change in the past, which changes how you interact with the future and anxiety. You're worried about something that may happen, a probable path that may happen in the future. 
and you start to cycle, you start to cycle these, these thoughts and these emotions, you, you attach a story to the emotion that you're feeling and they start to cycle and your body gets addic addicted to this chemical cocktail and it's too much noise and this is why the default mode network starts to malfunction and get bigger. Uh, the medicines can actually calm that down and, and why people feel really good right away sometimes and, and they feel amazing because they actually they've been causing so much noise and chaos and in their head when they actually calm down they're like actually you know it's not that bad I can process it at this time you know that the trauma or that event happened you know three months ago uh, five years ago and I didn't have because it, because it, uh, a certain event put you in a fight flight or freeze sympathetic nervous system you don't actually have the rational mind or the logical mind to, to process the event during the first period. So the brain is actually in a little bit of chaos. And sometimes people jump on antidepressants to get away from that. But those pills are very, you know, they're, they're, they're dangerous. You know, they're very addictive and they're designed to, to block signals. So, that, I mean, that's a whole other episode. But I hope that gives people a little bit of understanding. I mean... We could talk about this stuff for hours, but I also think there's something like really cool about what you said in terms of like not just marketing towards people who have anxiety and depression, and mostly because people are just labeling and identifying with a certain diagnosis, right? And even when I've had my own like hormonal issues or like health problems, opportunities, let's say. I've never wanted to be like, oh, I have blank because I just feel like the moment I take on the identity of a diagnosis, I like almost give more power to it than I actually should. And I, yeah, and I just don't, and I've heard other people talk about that too. So I, I actually really like that you also kind of in the same way respect that. And you're like, no, this can just help you regardless of whatever you may identify with. Yeah, it's, it's all attention where your attention goes, energy flows. So when you it's, it's there's all sorts of identities that people have a disease or an anxiety or depression. They'll identify by it. And it becomes their actual personality that they start to protect. You know, it causes them to ignore all other data and protect that personality. And then you have all these large companies trying to reinforce and sell things. And, you know, I mean, like I, I saw some graphs the other day and it's just, you know, a lot of people have, you know, are on some sort of medication, a pharmaceutical or something, you know, in, in the Western world. I mean, this is why a lot of other big companies, including pharma, are trying to capture the plant medicine industry because you're trading one thing for a next and, and one thing's not working anymore. I mean, there was an article that came out last week saying that SSRIs don't work and they never worked. And it was based on really, really loose research. And you, you can build an entire industry around those narratives and then you can incentivize it through money. You know, people get incentivized to money to push things, you know, and and there was, there was something about Alzheimer's disease that came out last week too, saying that the entire research of all Alzheimer's disease was based on a very loose article by a certain doctor. Now, when, when we take these blue systems, like the placebo effect is, is very, very powerful. We've seen people take sugar pills and create dopamine in their brain for, for Parkinson's disease. You know, so this is why, this is why with, with microcybin, the user experience is very important. We, we, we don't like to use the word high or trip or hallucinate or anything because with the with the words creates a symbolism of lack of control, you know, but not having the power. Like we're all we're always looking for safety in the outer world. 
when we want to feel safe, we're looking, how can I create my outer world into a state of safety? But safety is cultivated inside. It's always inside, and it's based on our belief system. We believe we're safe here, and I can be sitting next to somebody that's very scared of airplanes, you know, and, and sitting on an airplane, and they can be terrified, and, and I can be completely safe because it's cultivated inside of me. When we learn to cultivate safety, we learn how we speak to ourselves. If we're if we're going into taking these medicines and say, "Am I going to trip? Am I going to hallucinate? Am I going to get high?" This is how we speak to ourselves when we're working through our medicines in our in our mind. And each time we speak, we start to program different ideas. So we start to change the symbolism of things subconsciously. And people wonder why the medicines become addictive, or like these medicines are not addictive, but but the healing is addictive. People are looking for something called endedness. They're looking for a final a final point where they're going to be all healed and everything's going to be good, but they don't go far enough to think, what does that look like? When I get there, what does that look like? What does endedness look like when I'm all healed and happy? You know, and you take your shit with you. You know, you, you, can't, you can't escape yourself. No matter where you go, it comes with you. You have to work with it. You have to face it. And with, you know, and we can get into macro dosing. Macro dosing, you know, I'm not a big fan of a big fan of it because you have a lot of people saying they're doing hero doses, and then the bravado comes in, like, oh, I did five grams, I did ten grams, and I saw, you know, aliens and elves and all this, and I was like, okay, make that tangible. Explain how does that help you? You know, bring that back. Like, for for instance, there, there's a common there's a common saying that you create your own reality. And this is partially true, but you actually create how you perceive your own reality. And I have a way of speaking to some clients is if, if I've taken a macro dose of mushrooms and I've taken a macro dose of mushrooms and I'm looking at a tree and that tree is very beautiful. I can't believe how I missed this tree and it's so beautiful. And then there's a person watching me that hasn't taken anything and they say it's just a normal looking tree. How, how do I try it? The, the tree doesn't change. The reality is a change. The earth doesn't change. The physics of how our reality works doesn't change. It's just the perception of the person that took that. Now, how do I translate that information to the person watching? And the person watching you is the exact same person that you are when you come back down from, from your macro dose. And what a lot of people try to do, and this is, I, I mean, I, I might get, I might get to trigger some people for this, is they like to journal. They like to journal their macrodose experiences. And they're trying to capture a metaphysical or a multidimensional experience, the higher sensory perception experience, into words, which are very simplified. And it's almost impossible because there's going to be things that you can't really explain. There's going to be aspects of things. And what happens is you start to translate these things into words and you start to force them to fill in the blanks of your story that you're writing down. You may write a nice story, but there's going to be a loss of translation and you're actually conditioning the brain to ignore these new senses, these new colors, these new types uh, that build into the superconscious mind that actually give you these epiphanies that work for you that start to picture things together when, when they're supposed to. So this is built on trust. So you, they, they, I do, I do think they are good sometimes because sometimes uh, people are stuck in their a very rigid identity. And microdosing is just not doing it for them and they want to take a macrodose. And, and it kind of breaks down the different constructs of that rigid identity and they start to see new things. This can be dangerous though when people take a lot of large macrodoses. We have a rational mind which we base our belief system on how the world works, how reality works. 
And sometimes when we, we see something that we cannot see or see something we can't explain, we can fracture the rational mind. So what happens a lot with, with macrodosis is something I call a horizontal expansion, where it turns into information. So you know a whole bunch of information, you saw a whole bunch of stuff, but it's not a vertical expansion because you can't translate it into tangible actions that improve the life. So when, when people come to macrodosis, it's like a skydive. You know, you, you think a lot of stuff about a skydive before you do it. You know, you have all these fears and all this. You do the skydive. You know, you can't really write about it. You know, you can, you can try to, but you can't really translate that experience to somebody else. Allow it to have happened. And because it have happened, you know, it's going to change the way that you perceive things. But over time, that's going to make a lot of changes in the larger picture of life. You know, and you, you can use that to start working in to different microdoses, to different feedback. Because it's all about, it's all about being able to hold more data, you know, understand yourself more, understand the, the feedback loops that are coming, understand uh, what an emotion is, a sensation. You know, that's a whole other podcast. Like, when you have an emotion arise, we try to cut it off and add stories to it. You never let that emotion just complete, you know, and that, that's feedback. It's data. If we're feeling an emotion, it's from a story or a belief system that we're telling ourselves. It's from an event that happened. And we're getting this outer feedback coming back to us to teach us something. There's data there. But we're always trying to ignore it, trying to get away, trying to get away from our feelings, our emotions, and process them, or even overly feel them, cry, and all this. It, I mean, it works. It works. But at some point, we need to take accountability and responsibility for, for being a human, you know, and having the human experience. Well, isn't that the goal? You know, to be more human, to have a more in-depth experience. It's not about, you know, going to a party and taking five grams and, and you know, 10 grams and doing a hero dose and having the bravado of it. You know, it, it may open some things up and it may feel, feel some certain things that people can get stuck in its roots. At the end of the day, it's, it's not what we do. And it might be good for other companies and it might be good for other people. And, and people have the choice. They're responsible adults and people have the choice. And there's no wrong path. You know, you learn from every path you take. But, but we, we aren't about that. We are, like, we are investing in human advancement, human accountability. We're investing in, in our species, you know, and not, not giving them escapes, like giving them the ability to empower themselves and to understand what happens and what comes to them, you know, giving them that feedback because it, uh, we, we all want to kind of pass on to, to the children or to the youth a better place, you know, and, and that starts individually. You know, we're not trying to save people, you know, which empower them. You know, there's, there's a lot of missions where people want to, you know, save a million people and give them the light and, and all of this stuff. What does that look like? Where did that come from? You know, like, what is that that's new? You know, that wasn't around like 10 years ago. And it's like, it's like, what does it look like when it happens? Is there an endedness to that? You know, this world is about contrast. Life is about contrast. It's duality. You know, and you're going to have the bad days. You can't just uh, float around in good feelings and 5D and hedonism. You know, it's not, it's not what we're meant to be. You know, we need to learn and cultivate. And like, you know, it's not going to take away the bad days, but it's going to allow you to deal with them better. And that's a lot of feedback that we get from, from clients. It's like, I, I usually have these, these episodes where it ruins my day, but now I can process it. Now I can understand. Now I can investigate why. Yeah, and if you do that over a certain period of time, cause and effect, 
you're going to change something. You're going to see something that you didn't see before. And you're going to have it open, you know? And that's more data. That's more accountability with, with being human. Yeah, I love that. It's It's not like the actual thing changes. It's just that you change and your perspective on it changes. And it's really hard to understand that until you've actually experienced that. And it's, it's great that, yeah, obviously it's great that we have, you know, these, these things that can kind of help us on our journey with it. And so I know we're being conscious of time and for everybody listening, like I am planning to do one episode a month on microdosing. So like, this is just the beginning, but I do want to ask, if someone is listening to this and they're like, I want to get started today, what do you recommend? Like how, how do they know what product to start with? How much, like, like where do people start who've never, ever done anything like this? Well, I would ask Brittany if she's getting pretty good at this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> her DMs are full. Start, start, start with the frames if you are listening to this. Start, start to investigate some of the things that I've said. Um, see what triggers come up. Because any, any products, like if you, if you message uh, like Recybin, their, their support is amazing. Like I, I'm an advisor, you know, I help with the protocols and understanding. But if you message them, their support is amazing. And they're going to they're gonna talk to you. They're going to see what's going on. And they're, they're going to recommend something that's going to be perfect. There's, there's uh, beginner formulas, there's beginner protocols, and then there's specialty formulas. You know, it's, it's all levels. You know, and don't skip. You know, you're investing in yourself. It's it's much better to understand the frames and the tools and building a bridge with the medicine. Understand how you talk to yourself slowly first, because like you will get really good at, at microdosing. You, you don't need a twelve month course to learn how to microdose. You know, you'll, you'll get the hang of it after a month. You know, you'll start you'll start getting really good at it, and after that, you may may want to learn about some of the things. I'm not going to teach you how to take a pill every day. That's quite easy. The feedback, but your courses are going to dive deep into trying to understand what that feedback is and, and empower yourself. And it's, it's life-changing. You know, it's like these tools will last forever. Yeah, I think, I think that's the biggest thing is like you can take all the plant medicine you want and change your perspective, but like what do you actually do with it? And and then like we originally said, like what different choices are you now making with this new information? Because that ultimately is going to change your life, right? And that's kind of what we're kind of hoping for people. We see we see actually like a lot of people start microdosing and then they feel really good after a month or two. And they have all this new information, this new data, but the world this this new data and this new person, it doesn't match the world that they're used to. You know, and the beliefs that they're used to, and they, they get lost. You know, and then they go, they they look for the next narrative. They say, oh, this group of people, you know, they're taking hero doses. That must be the answer. And they're going to these, these parties, and you know, that must be the answer. And it leaves people a little bit vulnerable. You know, so you take the medicines, you don't have the frames, you don't know what to do with it. And a lot of people are very interested in the protocol. You know, they, it, they some people, you know, if somebody wants. I really, I really appreciate the people, you know, when I see them do a sample pack because I know those are the bravest people, you know, like they're, they're like, I just got to try it, you know, and then it, it's a bigger leap for them. And that's, a, that's an amazing way to go into microdosing because you're, you're, you're going, you're, you're willing to have the courage to go into something that you've never done before and you don't understand. But really for, forget all the YouTube channels and all the other people's experiences and just like 
you, you're the one that's going to give you the most data. You're the one that's going to give you the most feedback. If you're connected, you're, you're bringing more signal, less of the noise. You'd be surprised how much that can change your life. And, and the point is to, to keep that signal strong, keep that feedback of yourself strong. Yeah, exactly. So if people want to try these products, where can they go? And what are your social handles as well? I think micro, yeah, just search the name. Yeah. Try, you know, search the name, yeah. you'll see it. It's easy, easy to find. We, at micro seven, we like to treat people like they're intelligent. We treat them, you know, we, we like to make things simple, but we like to treat people like they're intelligent, like they actually are. You know, we see the intelligence in every single person that reaches out to us, even if they can see it, you know, and they always, they always have that potential to feel that, you know, so it, it, people know how to find things, you know, it's fun. Make it an adventure. Use Google. Yeah. You know? Yeah. People definitely know how to find things at this point with the internet age, for sure. Yeah, I also have a discount code. So if you're interested in that, again, you can reach out to me and we can chat. And there'll be more information as well in the show notes for this episode for everybody listening. But Jason, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited for this new series that we're doing together. And I'm just like so thankful for your perspective on plant medicine. I'm always just learning a lot from you. So this was great. Yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And I hope, hope our, our talk um, helped open some, you know, open some doors for some people and open some perspectives. And, and I'm going to say, if anything that I said triggered you, those are also opportunities to kind of view what the blue systems are about, you know. So, yeah, reach out. Reach out to Brittany. And, yeah, I hope everyone has a great day. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.